when we are successful, and we will be. We have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. You're big. Fort Bigger. Secret Squirrel Podcast. You found me. I know some of you have been waiting a while out there. I apologize. We, I had tons of audio issues and school starting and went on vacation for a good two weeks to a beautiful island out here in Texas and came back home and got the COVID and uh, put a whooping on me. So here we are. We're finally here. So let's launch this thing. So we're going to be looking at the United Nations today. It continues kind of my research that I have been doing, and I was on the Dangerous World podcast with Ryan Dean, great guy. If you all haven't listened to him, check him out. Good dude. Um, He's interested in a lot of this too, so we've been sharing information and looking back and forth. So here we go. Today, it's going to be just the United Nations. Where'd they come from? Who funded them? What do they believe in? I think it's pretty important as we look around the world today, you see certain institutions gaining power. And these people aren't elected. They're just kind of placed there by their shareholders, which a lot of them are these secret societies that we all discuss and research and look into a lot. So here we go. So on April 25th, 1945, in New York City, the non-governmental organization known as the United Nations came into being. The United Nations was founded, funded, chartered, and established under the auspices of the oil and banking Rockefeller family. So I'm sure you guys have heard that name before, right? The very same Luciferian family that funded American and Nazi eugenics programs and is now working with the world government, which is the UN. 
So let's look here. I found some few, some cool quotes, and this is from October 23rd, 2015. Andrew Glass of Political Magazine reported the following facts regarding the Rockefeller family's connection to the founding of the United Nations. So here's what Glace said. He said, on October 24th, 1949, four years after the charter went into effect, the cornerstone was laid for the UN headquarters, building near the East River in mid-Manhattan. Nelson Rockefeller arranged for the purchase after initial offer located on the Rockefeller family estate in Westchester County was rejected as being too far from New York City. The $83.4 million purchase, as adjusted to reflect current dollars, was funded by Nelson Rockefeller's father, John D. Rockefeller Jr., who donated the land to the city. Technically, the UN headquarters complex in New York remains an extraterritorial site that remains beyond the jurisdictional reach of the surrounding city and state, as well as the federal government. However, in exchange for police and fire protection and other essential services, the UN has agreed to abide by most local, state, and federal laws. United Nations Day is celebrated on this day every year. Okay, so... What can we get from some of his uh, his writings here? When we look into this, right, we could see that it was a lot of money, man. I mean, $83.4 in today's dollars. I mean, even back then, you're talking in 1949. So that's a lot of, that's a lot of dough, I mean. And I think it's important, too, that you see where this tells— this was real easy for me because when I looked and it said— after they wanted to locate the located on their estate, I mean, geez, Louise, what more proof do we need that these people are the ones funding these guys? I'll drop um, all these links and stuff in there. You can check them out if you want. <clears throat> so we need to look at. Notice how it said that it's an extra extraterritorial site that remains beyond the jurisdictional reach of the surrounding city and state as well as the federal government. So what does that mean, right? It's the same thing like your Vatican in Rome, London in England, and D.C. in Washington. Those are all global centers of power. The United Nations is the main globalist front organizations for all these, all these guys. It's legally shielded from any national charges of high treason. That's really the main reason, right? So they can they can do what they want. They get their protection and they get their cake and eat it too. So Glass also stated in the same article that Nelson Rockefeller arranged for the purchase of the headquarters after the original after the initial offer located on the family estate in Westchester County was rejected as being too far from New York City. So, I mean, we could see right there, they wanted to put the United Nations in their own backyard. Should make it pretty clear to anyone that's critically thinking who's, who's pulling the strings, right? Who's running, who's running the show? The United Nations has been, since its very inception, nothing more than a Jesuit, Rothschild, Rockefeller tool for global control. In short, the United Nations acts as a central banking front designed and built with the sole purpose of eliminating national sovereignty by bringing about global governance through global dependence of these nations. So let's look into these Rockefellers a little bit more and see what we got, right? <clears throat> 
So for in 1933, and as far as I could find, like 20, 25 years, the Rockefeller Foundation spent $1.5 million funding the CIA's Operation Paperclip. And if anyone's not aware of that, that's a whole nother show we can get into that. But basically it was the identifying, finding, hiding, aiding, and assisting over 10,000 Nazi scientists and scholars, put that in air quotes, from Nazi Germany, which were to be safely relocated to the United States, universities, and other U.S. allied locations around the world. Nazis such as Dr. Werner von Braun and Dr. Joseph Mengele were, sa- were given safe haven. And those were some not, not really nice guys. If you look into von Braun, I remember seeing an article, oh, it was a long time ago, that he used to run a factory and he would come to the factory every morning. They would call a number and it would be the person who put out the least amount of work the day before in the factory. And they would always hang him over the doorway at start every day to, as a warning to the other people going in, hey, you don't want to be the last guy. Well, is that true? I don't know. But that's, I do remember reading that. Um, so the Rockefeller family and found in the foundation, they're still engaging in, in a global war against the sovereignty of all these nations and individual liberties, rights, our freedoms. If the United Nations was established under the auspices of the Rockefeller family, who's really in control of the Rockefellers, right? So it's always, there's always someone else behind the scenes. We see that with all these groups, right? They got their front men. We, see, we know we can trace these guys. We know they bought it. They, they did all this different stuff, right? But for, for what and for who? who? Who are they working for? And from what I could find is... The House of Rockefeller works under the House of the Rothschilds, and the House of the Rothschilds works under the Jesuits of Rome. Both families have been affiliated with the Jesuits since the 1700s. So, for instance, in 1722, the Jesuits, being expelled from every Catholic country in Europe, found that Russia, Great Britain, and the United States was their only refuge to carry on their atonal war against the Christian Reformations. So we had thousands of Jesuits that entered the United States, right, under the banner of tolerance and religious freedom for all. Among those, among the thousands of Jesuit families that entered were the Morgans, the Roosevelts, and the Roggenfelders, which were German. So to make their name sound less German, they changed Roggenfelder to Rockefeller. We see that a lot, right, with these people that they... They're kind of like chameleons. They morph, do different things. If they think someone's getting close on their tra- trail, they'll change. They'll change up what they do. <clears throat> so many still believe that the Rothschild family controls the world via the central banking system, which it, it can't be entirely true, considering the fact that the House of the Rothschild has always been an agent of the Holy Roman Empire, the old world world order. So we had the, if the Rothschilds were in control of the world, if you think about it, right, why would they waste their time serving the Jesuits in the Vatican? They act as the Pope's official pauper barons and his bankers. Why would they, as a Jewish family, swear allegiance to the Holy Father at Rome, the Pope, and the Roman Catholic Church, universal throughout the world, as this Jesuit oath demands? Who's really in control? That's what we need to think about. The one who swears allegiance 
or to one who demands it. Just as the Morgans, Roosevelt's, and Rockefellers were Jesuits in 1722, Mayor Amschel Rothschild was of the sovereign military order of Malta, the Knights of Malta as we know them today, and his family considered Imperial Holy Roman Empire crown agents. In truth, the Rockefeller and the Rothschild families served the Pope as Rome Papal Knights, who to this very day continue to serve as the Papal Barons and Bankers of the New Holy Roman Empire. The official title of the House of Rothschild is the Guardians of the Vatican's Treasury. So the New World Order is not really new at all, from what I can see. All it is is uh, it's a rebirth of the Old World Order or the Old Holy Roman Empire. So just as Sol Invictus, Nimrod and Baal was the official sun god, false light, Lucifer, and the later Roman Empire, the Jesuits of Rome still worship Lucifer to this day. All you have to do is look at their emblems. Their emblem is a sun. It represents the Sol Invictus, Nimrod, Baal, Lucifer. If you go back and Baal, that's a Canaanite god. He's, he's in a lot of stuff in the Bible. He's always been associated with Ninrod. You'll see him associated with Beelzebub. In some sources, you got Satan, other sources. So, you know, this ties into the New Age movement that a lot of people have been discussing about. I know Ryan has been into that a lot, looking into that. So the New Age movement is just the externalization of the elite secret doctrine of Lucifer onto society and culture, doing their best to turn the whole of the global society into basically like a big Luciferian cult from what I could tell. So the United Nations, which is a Jesuit, Rothschild, and Rockefeller New World Order agenda is in reality an anti-Christian war against the way, the truth, and the life, which is Jesus Christ and the real children of light, God, Right? The Rothschilds, who have held the title of Guardians of the Vatican Treasury since 1776, they still work under the Jesuit order as Papal Knights, Barons, and Bankers, centralizing the world's political, economic, and spiritual power for Rome. The secret cabal is the Jesuit order, and as they say, all roads lead to Rome. So I, I, I'm familiar with some of this stuff. I don't know if you guys are. That's why I figured we'd come back and just kind of rehash on this and and start out here with all this these different things with the united nations because i think it's pretty important that we lay the groundwork as we go ahead because these guys are so tied in so many different things that i mean that we're not even aware of that i was and when i looked into them i was like oh my gosh seriously i mean some of this stuff is is out there, how they have these secret groups behind them and all of them, the different ones that work together and the World Economic Forum and all these other political groups tie into them. I mean, there's a lot of, there's so much stuff here. It's so, it's so interesting, right? That this has all been in our lives forever. And I mean, really, I have no idea about them. I, I was in the army and everything else. And I mean, I worked with them on some times, but not too many times. And the times I did work with these Guys, I didn't have the the best uh, of times. Let's put it that way. They weren't they weren't too reliable. All right, so let's get back into this. So, what are some reasons why 
nations shouldn't cooperate with these with the United Nations, right? Well, remember that was one of I think Trump's thing was he was it was just talk. He wanted to get us out of there. It was just propaganda and smoke, right? But that but that's a, I believe that there's a lot of people that think that way. A lot of veterans, I think, like myself, think that way when you really look and see what's really happening and who these people are, right? So the first reason is the main goal of the UN is to build a one world government, which will require the elimination of natural autodetermination, meaning the elimination of every nation's sovereignty, along with the elimination of every individual's rights and freedoms and liberties. So we'd have free thinking sovereign nations gone. They wouldn't be exist anymore, right? It'd be part of this hive mind, this one world system, this Luciferian doctrine that they're trying to indoctrinate us all with. I mean, from starting from birth, just about. It's so it's kind of, it's really an act of treason to be working with these guys, forcing free people and free nations to follow recommendations of unelected intellectual people who consider themselves elite working for non-governmental organization called the United Nations, which was started under the auspices of the world bankers like the Rockefellers and etc. While politicians, bankers, teachers, and police are ignoring the recommendations, the free will of the nation's people, they're selling it right out to these asshats, right? Let me see what else I have. Here's David Rockefeller, quote, I'm looking for some quotes here, so change it up a little bit. So this is David Rockefeller in an address to the Trilateral Commission meeting in June of 1991. So think how long ago that was. This is 1991. He said, we are grateful to the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and other great publications whose directors have attended our meetings and respected the promise of discretion for almost 40 years. It would have been impossible for us to, de to develop our plan for the world if we had been subject to the bright lights of publicity during those years. But the world is now more sophisticated and prepared to march towards a world government, the super supranational sovereignty of an intellectual elite and world bankers is surely preferable to the national auto-determination practiced in past centuries. So, I mean, it's these guys, like anything, when you start looking into them, they're always telling us what they're doing, right? They're, they're too proud. They're almost, they're almost like serial killers who, over time, they kind of want to get exposed. They want to kind of let it out there and rub it in, rub it in people's faces. And this is from Henry Ford, this quote here. He's, Henry Ford said, it is, well, it is well enough that people of the nation do not understand our banking and monetary system. For if they did, I believe there would be a revolution before tomorrow morning. And that was, like I said, Henry Ford. So the second reason that countries shouldn't work with the United Nations is because the United Nations promotes this idea that we've been hearing for a while now of this great reset. People want to know what is what is the Great Reset. It's really the building of the new world economy. A global stock market crash most likely will act as the catalyst. But before the needed market crash occurs, the people of the world, they have to be brainwashed with all this propaganda and psyops and beta tests to the point that they will actually, in the world of Aldous Huxley, come to love their servitude. 
So they need to push this propaganda. And this ties in. This is why it's so interesting to me, too, because it ties into so many other things. Right. Us in the conspiracy community, we we look and we say, hey, you know, they use frequencies. They're using the TV. They're using movies. They use music. They use all these different ways. Right. And it's and when you look at a lot of it, it's all just promoting this same idea, right? Of the the one world Luciferian system and that it's gonna be so good and so loving for us all. But I think if you look into who these guys are, it's pretty obvious it's gonna be the completely opposite if they ever were to be in control. So let's see here. Moving on along. The central bankers will buy up the debt and literally own anyone in debt or anyone too poor to keep up with the ever-growing costs of inflation that we see happening all over the place, right? Our gas, our food, clothing, it's pretty much affected everything. Medicine, we see all this ramping up, ramping up right now. A future of digital assets for the rich and perpetual debt for the poor. We have our buddy, uh, Mr. Klaus Schwab. And if you don't know who he is, he's the executive, executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. He recently proclaimed, You will own nothing and you will be very happy. For the debtor is slave to the lender and the great reset is a euphemism just for the, the new world order. Which we keep saying new world order, right? But it's really this old world order, this Holy Roman Empire idea of bringing all that kind of stuff back. That's what I can tell from my research. And if I'm wrong, feel free to email me or reach out to me or whatever, because I'm just a guy learning all this too, right? On page 405 of David Rockefeller's memoirs, he reveals the whole truth, right? He said, number one, my family and I are part of a secret cabal working against the best entrance of the United States. Number two, my family and I are internationalists, globalists. Number three, my family and I are conspiring with others around the world. Number four, my family and I are working to build a new global political and economic structure. One world, if you will. Sounds great. <laughs> Number five, my family and I feel no guilt for our actions. On the contrary, I stand guilty and I'm proud of it. Okay, so now we'll put all those quotes together that he had. So here we go. Some even believe we are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States, characterizing my family and me as internationalists and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure. One world, if you will. If that is the charge, I stand guilty and I am proud of it. And that was from Rockefeller's page 405 of his memoirs. And uh, let's move on to number three. The third reason being that the United Nations promotes religious eukonism. The World Council of Churches, along with the global interfaith movement, a movement that hides behind the cause of world peace. But in reality, this interfaith movement is nothing more than a global, global religious deception, mainly involving the UN's arcane school. And we have our other guys here, the Lucis Trust. And the Temple of Understanding, which is the official Eucumental Spiritual UN for the six major faiths of the world. The Temple of Understanding was originally supported by globalists like Defense Secretary and President of the World Bank, Robert McNamara, Eleanor Roosevelt, and the Bodman Foundation in 1969. Hadwin 
Ludwig of Capital Research wrote the following regarding the UN's Temple of Understanding. Spearheading the charge was a new coalition formed in 1993, the National Religious Partnership for the Environment. The coalition included the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, Jewish Council for Public Affairs, and the National Council of Churches, mostly composed of mainline liberal denominations. The NRPE was always eucumental. If I'm saying that wrong, I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize. So much so that its initial executive director, Paul Gorman, is a historical ally of atheists. Gorman was a press secretary for arch-liberal Senator Eugene McCarthy, Democrat from Minnesota, and a radical environmentalist who once called the relentless mag magnitude of environmental degradation the defining feature of his generation's struggle for social justice. In the 1980s, Gorman headed the Temple of Understanding in New York City's Episcopal Cathedral of St. John the Divine. And going back to Ryan again on The Dangerous World, I know he covered this. We were both looking into it, and he's got a good episode. So if you haven't heard about the St. John Divine, check it out. It's a good one. They're a pagan organization that worships the earth spirit called Gaia. We can only assume that their end goal is to completely erode Judeo-Christian culture then re-educate the global population to accept this new world religion. But it's, as we said, whenever I say new world, think old world, because that's all it is. So then we'll get in. So that guy's into the new age, right? The doctrine of Lucifer. What is the new age doctrine, really? It's just the doctrine of self-worship, also known as the apotheosis. It's an effort to confuse everyone and draw people further away from the truth, all the while drawing them ever closer to the darkness. They've merged the paganism, hermeticism, Gnosticism, Kabbalism, magic of the Western esoteric tradition with paganism, mysticism, yoga, Zen, meditation, and magic of the Eastern esoteric tradition. The very history of elite foundations proves the existence of a grand conspiracy against the people of the world, our beliefs, and us. In short, what I could find is the UN is just a satanic cult, really, just warring against the light. If you look into a lot of this stuff, man, you'll find that in 1922, we talked about this before, right? The Lucis Trust was the world's leading satanic cult. It is the controlling force behind the Temple of the Understanding. Luciferianism is, Luciferianism is the false doctrine that will sweep the globe. This is what they believe, right? Follower, followers of this Luciferian doctrine have flipped the biblical garden story on its head, seeing Lucifer as, a, as the good guy, an enlightened liberator, and God as the brutal and unjust tyrant. It's pretty strange, right? But that, that's what these people believe. With intellect, they believe that they will subdue nature with science, conquer physical death, and live forever with transhumanism, and by their own will become God's with Luciferian Gnosis. The Luciferian sponsors of Lucifer's Trust include the usual globalist people, right? We got the Rockefeller Foundation, Robert McNamara, former Secretary of Defense, one of Henry Ford's whiz kids, former president of Ford Motor Company and former president of the World Bank, Henry Clausen, the former Supreme Grand Commander of the Scottish Rite Freemasons, Thomas Watson Jr., that was IBM, Rabbi Mark Tenenbaum of the American Jewish Committee. 
Now, if you look at a lot of these names, if you if you do your research and you've, you'll come across these names, right? They're they're tied into the World War II and the funding both sides and all that kind of stuff. So you see a lot of these na- same names come up and it over and over and over again. So what are they doing, man? They're just mixing lies, right? Well, a little bit with the truth was what is part of propaganda. That's what they always do. The spirit of the Usamental movement is entirely really just anti-Christian when you look into it. They claim that all paths lead to God, meaning Hindus, Buddhists, pagans, and even Satanists are all the same and all worshiping the same being. The Luciferian goal of the United Nations interfaith movement is to introduce a Lucifer new world religion, drawing humanity further away from the way, the truth, and the life. It's pretty crazy how how it happens, right? They use incrementalism. We see that a lot. That's one of their tools that they use against us. Slowly push it out, sell it as something good, and then it's not. So that's what that's what it looks like it's going to. Um, let's move down here and see what else we got. I have so much info on all these guys, like just pages. The new Atlantis, the new age, the new world order, and the Great Reset all represent the same Luciferian agenda. To use the UN to promote the notion of global utopian pseudo-Christian society and euchemism. I always say that's so soft because I know I'm probably saying it wrong. Ruled by a relatively unknown Luciferian priesthood, a priesthood dedicated to the doctrine and study execution of the Luciferian agenda to rule the entire world. To Luciferians, freedom of religion and tolerance means liberties from the light. So you can go into um, the Lucifer's Trust and their own documents. It's, if anyone's interested in doing their own research, I'll I'll post this. Um, go to like, there's, they have a Department of Religion. So that should already tell you they're already laying the groundwork right for all this stuff when they have the Department of Religion already, already looked already started so look up um there's one that says the new world religion and the university of life there's a i'm gonna put a p put the pdf in there actually that's a good one um also look into study seven department of education culture and the arts which includes a section at the end titled creating form and structure for the new world order so this stuff isn't like some kind of pipe dream or plan. I mean, they got departments for this stuff and they got it all just it's sitting on their website. You just got to take the time to decipher it and go through it, which isn't really that much fun. So I understand if you don't want to. So I think it's important that we know that we think, right, from the other episode that I did, we know that Lucis Trust, it's not just some weirdo, crazy fringe people. There are spiritual foundations for the United Nations. They don't even try hiding that they're Luciferians. Um, you can go look on their website. You'll find exactly what the spiritual foundation of the United Nations is promoting. There's a Lucius Trust document entitled Department of Religion. You'll find proof of the obviously Luciferian belief system held by the United Nations. In the document, it states that the New World religion and the whole world will acknowledge and worship Lucifer as the ruler of the self-conscious. Stuff is so wild. Lucis Trust has 6,000 members worldwide. All members were our globalist insiders. We have Robert Rattemere, Henry Kissinger, David Rockefeller, Paul Volcker, 
George Saltz, the Rockefeller Foundation does not only manage the United Nations, but also the spiritual foundation of the United Nations. That is Lucis Trust. The founder of Lucis Trust, as we went before, I'll backtrack a little bit in case you didn't listen to my other episode, was Alice, ba- Alice Bailey. She was Luciferian that used Lucis, she started Lucis Press, which was Lucifer Press in 1924 to publish 20 or so books written and distributed by Bailey herself. These books consisted of her own writings and the writings of a channeled disembodied Tibetan she called Wow Cool. If that if that's not messed up, right? Um, we have upon the death of Helopina Petrina Blavatsky, she was a leader of the Theosophical Society where a lot of these writings right come out of a lot of ties into like Freemasonry, all kinds of stuff. If you want to go down a rabbit hole, jump down that. Bailey assumed the leadership of the Luciferian Theosophical Society when she died. Um, Let me find some quotes here from her. Here we go. This is from Helena Petrovana Blavatsky. She said, It is Satan who is the god of our planet and the only god. She also says here... I will just move on, forget it. But isn't it weird, right, that the Lucis Trust, uh, an openly spin-off organization of the occult New Age, spiritual movement of theosophy, was one of the first NGOs to be granted consultative status with the UN? I, I mean, when you look into them, it's not right. We know who these jerk-offs all are and what they're doing. I mean, we had the, do you think it's a coincidence that the Nazis believe in occult, occultic powers? Hitler was not just dabbling in magic. He was a longtime occult student of the German OTO offshoot, the Thule Society, and was an avid follower of Helena Petrovina Blavatsky's teaching. It's a well-known fact that Hitler was so obsessed with Luciferianism that he actually slept with a copy of Blavatsky's book entitled The Secret Doctrine by his bedside. The Secret Doctrine is the doctrine of Lucifer, and that is the doctrine that man is God which is also the same doctrine that the United Nations Lucis Trust is trying to promote to the entire world. It's basically the same lie, right, that Satan was spitting in the Garden of Eden, pretty much. It was Vilvatsky's secret doctrine that laid the occult foundation for Nazis and the outright evil that came with them. The doctrine promotes seven root races, Aryan godmen and Lucifer's garden lie, So here's like kind of what we'll get into a little bit of what they think, right? Okay, so sin itself, it says, is a sacred act of expression, a sacrament to Lucifer, if you will. In the unholy war against the light, believing Lucifer to be the light in their own holy quest to accomplish the great work of apotheosis. Luciferians will engage in Kabbalistic sex magic with men, women, and children, even demons. They will also contact and commune with unseen spirits. They eat the fruit of the occult knowledge from the Kabbalistic tree of knowledge of good and evil in a grand effort to achieve what Luciferians would call gnosis, self-realization, self-improvement, or self-enlightenment. Instead of saying what they really mean, they hide behind their New Age phrases, like manifest the divinity within, or awaken the divinity within, or awaken your higher self. But what they're always saying in their little secret way is, become the God you are. 
The message that you don't need God is one thing and bad enough, but getting people to believe that the Christian God is evil and that man is God, that's probably not a real good thing. Madame Blavatsky, the founder of the modern theosophy, was clear, clearly worshippers of Lucifer. You just need to read her quotes regarding Lucifer and Satan, and you'll see. So I got some quotes from her here. She put, And now it stands proven that Satan or the red fiery dragon, the lord of phosphorus and Lucifer, or light bearer, is in us. He's in our mind. And then here's another quote from her. No, this is actually from Edith Roosevelt. Curriculum is being drafted to indoctrinate our children in what John D. Rockefeller Jr. called the Church of All People. And that was Edith Roosevelt, 1962, in the Universal Theocratic State. So I think it's pretty important when we wake up to all this stuff, right? I mean... We're getting steered by these secret cabal Luciferians, central bankers, elitists, intellectuals, corrupt politicians. Our, our judicial system is corrupt. To, so anyone that wants to work with these openly treated organizations such as United Nations goes against everything that pretty much we were taught. At least I was taught what you all were taught in school. I really don't know. I'm kind of an old guy. I'm in my mid-40s here. So I had kind of a different thing when I was brought up. We were always taught to fight to preserve truth, freedom for our country. And there is no truth and freedom with this United Nations stuff. It's being tricked into trading their liberties and rights for a global peace and individual freedom for some global safety that it, it doesn't exist. It's all fake, right? There's no such thing as safe. That's the biggest lie ever probably told. There is no such thing as safe. You could walk out of your house and get fall down and hit your head and be dead. So don't play it safe out there. If any of you are playing it safe, just stop, man. Just live life. Enjoy it. It's so good. It's just great. To, I mean, just sitting here, I'm enjoying just sitting here talking to you guys, it's just, it's so great. It's such a gift. And it's sad to me that the average American isn't, isn't even able to grasp the truth, right? United Nation is a central banker's globalist tool for world domination. It's a non-governmental organization beyond the jurisdictional reach of the surrounding city and state, as well as the federal government, designed solely for the purpose of creating order, a new world order out of national instability and dependence caused by the economic and political chaos they secretly cause and manage on a global scale behind the scenes, all the while pretending to be wise men ushering in a time of global peace and safety, when in reality their goal of the UN is to normalize global interdependence or dependence of nations. In the, na in the words of Rockefeller, an intellectual elite and world bankers, which compromise a secret cabal that works day and night against the best interests of the United States. The United Nations says they promote global peace and safety among the free and independent, sovereign nations of the world. In reality, their actions promote trauma, confusion, fear, anger, desperation, and dependence on an internationalist secret cabal of Luciferians compromise of the world's most powerful, evil central banking families. So in short, the secret new world order, which is really the old world order, consists of an actual elite of Luciferians. They manage the agenda for the world bankers, such as the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers. 
The houses that fund and control the new world agenda from behind the scenes. When a nation foolishly makes it known to the United Nations that they need something like money or military protection or food, the UN doesn't, they don't stop and help them, right? Like you think that they would or they portray they would. What they really start doing is they start plotting behind the scenes, working against the interests of the nation, funding radical communists or fascist social movements, maybe starting some street riots, pandemics, economic crashes, famines, martial law, whatever, take your pick. Making the problems of the nation even worse off than they were to begin with. So that they're always, timing is always perfect. The nation is economically and emotionally broken and on its knees begging for solution. That's when the United Nations will come in and start talking with them, offering, offering some friendship and solutions while playing the role of global heroes. In doing so, the nation's people become dependent on their apparent heroes as they now feel a false sense of peace and safety. This allows for the nation to be further manipulated and fleeced into the future. For too long, the Luciferian megalomaniacs in charge of the UN have been playing with entire nation like pawns on a chessboard. Like witches and warlocks, they cast their spells of peace and safety on unsuspecting nations. The New World Order mantra of the United Nations sums up the entire Hegelian dialectic scam with, one of the, with this phrase, global problems require global solutions. We've all heard that a million times, right? United Nations is really just dividing and conquering the free nations of the world by saying one thing and doing another. For instance, they say they're ambassadors of world peace, but they also admit to acting against the best interests of America and other free nations around the world. Who do you think is really funding these riots, promoting all the socialism being taught in schools, causing the division, poverty, and economic dependence? Never forget you were born with God-given rights to life, freedom, liberty, and property and the pursuit of happiness. That's the one thing that we have, right? We're, those rights are enshrined at us upon our birth when we come. They don't, don't ever be fooled and tricked. They don't come from the government. Because if a government can, can say your rights, they're not rights then. They're really just privileges. They, they cannot do that. Do they? Yes. Is that wrong? Yes. The United Nations can never offer true peace and safety. So that was pretty interesting, right? So I hope you guys learned some some stuff about this and we'll we'll dive a little deeper. We'll dive a little deeper into all these guys here. Um, my next one I was thinking of doing was uh, on Schwab in the World Economic Forum and this religion that is I found that is tied into them. So I hope you learned something today. I'm still figuring out this is my first one, so cut me some slack. I'm still trying to figure out all this timing and editing and all that great stuff. I had like, man, I had like probably five episodes recorded. My audio files got trashed and it's been just crazy wild time. But um, thanks for everyone listening and tuning in and I'll be dropping in another show here real soon. 
Um, I'm actually going to try recording. I have a, I'm going to be on a show, um, Hawkett podcast with Amit later today. So that'll be dropping probably soon. So check out him. And if you've never checked out some of the other great guys, like you have the Great Deception podcast with Ryan, you got uh, Ghost with uh, the th- his Third Eye podcast. You have Amit with the Hawkett podcast. You got, um, let me see. There's so many. The Great Deception with Matt. There's just so many different great podcasts and people who are looking at all this stuff. Andrew for America with the Politics and Punk Rock podcast. I was just on his the other day. Real real good guys, man. Nice nice people and I'm just getting to meet them all and it's it's great. And if any of you want to email me or shoot the crap with me, feel free. Um it's secret squirrel podcast at gmail.com. I'll put the link underneath. Also, I have an Instagram. You can feel free to check out. It's the same, the Secret Squirrel Podcast. We drop different stuff on there about every day, pretty much. But it was nice to be able to sit down, finally push this episode out. It's been saying it's coming forever, right? But it's a little, it's finally here. So thank you all for tuning in. Y'all take care. And until next time, adios, amigos.